Welcome to season two of Unstoppable Minds, a University of Florida podcast that looks at the big challenges we face in the world and how members of the UF community boldly tackle them. I'm Dr. Kyla McMullen, an assistant professor of computer and information science and engineering at the University of Florida in Gainesville. And I'm Dr. Jeremy Waysom, a lecturer in the engineering education department in the Herbert Wertheim College of Engineering. Big discoveries don't happen without overcoming formidable challenges. So we're sitting down with some of our colleagues at UF who are leading the way in identifying creative solutions in research, student success, and academic exploration in their unstoppable quest for knowledge. We are excited to introduce you to our next guest, who is Dr. Rodrigo Souza. He is the program director and clinical associate professor for the Hylia Dental Center. Dr. Souza also leads the AEGD, or Advanced Education in General Dentistry, program for dental residents who earn dental degrees in other countries who are seeking to earn Florida licensure. This is a unique program in the state of Florida because it provides access and opportunities for international students. Thank you so much for being here. Here, Dr. Sousa. My pleasure. Happy to be here. And we also have a special guest with us today, Dr. Paul Benjamin, who is currently a faculty member at the Hialeah Dental Center. And he is actually the first graduate of the University of Florida's dental school in the class of 1976. Charter class. Woo! Alpha charter class. Go Gators. Go Gators. (laughs) What's amazing to me is that you've been involved in this program since day one. And so you originated as a volunteer and now you're there full time. Is that correct? That's correct. That's amazing. So what what does that look like? What exactly do you offer at that dental center? It was a very innovative school and it started, still is. And when it first started, it was a very unique dental school, much different than the others. And I'm just trying to bring some of that knowledge and some of that energy back to the clinic here. And thanks to Rod, I'm able to do it. I really appreciate it. Hopefully the residents appreciate it too. (laughs) I think we are a bit of Gainesville here in South Florida. So we have other faculty alongside with Dr. Benjamin that have recently graduated maybe a couple years ago, three, four, five years ago. And some of them are in a paid capacity as part of our core faculty because they went through specialty training and they come to teach our our residents as specialists later and our volunteer as well. So I think we have a cross session of graduates of the college that participate in the program in some fashion. So one unique part of the School of Dentistry is this advanced education and general dentistry program. Can you talk a bit more about this and why it's so important and why, you know, you're leading this effort? Yeah. The program, uh, the College of Dentistry has a few off-site programs, and we are the only one in South Florida. So this program is an AEG, the Advanced Education in General Dentistry, and it has been here for uh, 23 years, starting in 1997. Uh, same way, they didn't have a building the first year, they figured that out, and the program has changed its format over time. It was initially for domestic residents, and then was for foreign trained and domestic residents when they were doing some training in Gainesville and they came here for the second year. And then eventually the program was changed and converted in its actual version, which is for foreign trained dentists only. Now we have 24 residents from all part of the globe that come here and spend two two years with us and they go in the community to practice. That's basically what we do. In the process of training them, we also serve our community. So we provide dental service uh, for the people here in Hialeah and South Florida in Miami. 
How does um, the program that you offer differ from the Doctor of Medicine and Dentistry program that's offered at the university? If you are a foreign trained dentist uh, and you come to the U.S. and you want to practice, you have a few routes to be able to get a license. And each state has a different rule. In the state of Florida, they can either go back to dental school and do four years of dental school, and they wow. have to fulfill the prerequisites for college for that, or they can go through a program in general dentistry. That's the only two routes. Uh, for a program in general dentistry, a program like, like ours is one of the routes that in two years, which is shorter than the four years for dental school, they can get their license after they finish and they take a couple of tests. So that's the only program through the College of Dentistry from UF that allows them through post-grad get a license. That's really cool. My current dentist is actually a graduate of the AEGD program. Is that right? Wow. Yeah, I saw it on his wall one day and I was like, that's what amazing. in the world? You know, he has his, um, you know, the plaque of, I'm like, wow, I wonder what that program is. And here we are. <laughs> that's nice. That's nice. Yeah, the problem being here for so long, definitely a lot of people has gone through these walls uh, before, even before I, I came here. Um, but we have a very diverse group right now, and it's a cross-section, what you see uh, across the globe. It's a very diverse group for people from Europe, from South America, from Central America. So I think from every continent we have had a resident in the past. Mm. So why is this necessary? You know, why is it important to have these international, you know, to give opportunities to foreign-trained dentists? So... Um, I think it's very important because when they come here, for them to be able to practice, uh, they need to be calibrated. So we have residents that come here, they went to dental school in Japan or in Portugal or in South America, in Colombia. So they come with different levels of knowledge based on how good was the school. They had more clinical training, less clinical training. So we have to recalibrate them to the American standard, make sure that they can practice in a safe way protecting the public when they're out there. Um, two years is very short, but we're able to infuse them with a lot of knowledge, a lot of training, hands-on training, a lot of experience, and that will help them uh, achieve those requirements. Uh, it's important for the community as well, because it provides also a cross-section of, of the community itself, uh, where we're going to have a diverse group of people that is... Uh, coming from all, all parts of the globe. In Miami, for instance, we have 50% of the population not being from Miami. Mm. We have 76% of population speaking Spanish. So we want definitely want to have healthcare providers that represent that as well. What are some of the challenges that the international dentists face in getting licensed here in the United States? Well, I'm an immigrant myself, as you can notice by my accent. No way. <laughs> I couldn't tell. So uh, being an immigrant, it's not easy. Being the first generation is not easy. Um, so they, they face the challenges of every immigrant in this country that's first generation. And the first of them is the language. Mm -hmm. So we have requirements for acceptance to the University of Florida in, in regards to the proficiency of the English language. So they all have to have some domain of that first before they're able to apply. They have to be able to communicate with their patients and they have to be able to go through the program, the academic program, and be able to understand the content as well. Yeah. Uh, the other challenge is that it's very competitive. Hmm. Uh, it's very difficult to get to get in. Uh, 
So the odds are against them. So they have to fight back and be able to be the best in the group. So they are selected to be here. Uh, when they get here, when you get here as a as an immigrant, life gets to you and it's very hard. You cannot practice or have the standards that you have before. So it's not uncommon that when they first come here, you have lots of stories of success where people they came and they were carrying luggage at the airport. They were driving trucks. One of our faculty, his first job. When he first came from Cuba, he was driving trucks. My first job here was as a waiter, as well. So, life is hard, and if you wanna if you wanna do well, if you wanna get better, you have to improve yourself. You have to keep pushing. So, those were the biggest challenges. Life itself, and then dentistry is very competitive to get in. Um, there's not many programs like ours across the country. As a matter of fact, very few programs. There are two years and two years only that fulfill the requirement for uh, the state of Florida for licensure. And very few programs that cater to the foreign trained dentists like we do. Mm-hmm. Many programs will accept a foreign trained dentist, but they, are, they don't cater to them specifically. So they have a mix of domestic and foreign trained dentists in their group. Mm. So to, just, to give, just to give some numbers on that, Probably that's the, the boring part. You can cut that off. Oh, the numbers are good. We like numbers. <laughs> you have about 17,000 applicants, domestic and foreign trained, for this type of positions each year across the country. Out of those, about 1,700 will get in, so 10 to 1. That's the ratio to get in. In our, in our program, is around 15 to 1. It's a little uh, higher because the demand is higher for our program. Um, and out of those 1,700, there are two kinds of programs, AEGD and GPR, General Practice Residency, for our kind, about um, seven, 700 positions across the nation each year. Out of those 700 positions, 150 are for foreign trained dentists. So out of those seven, 17,000 that I just mentioned, only a, around 150 each year are foreign trained dentists getting access to this type of positions across the nation. So it's really hard to get in. Wow. That's extremely competitive. But I can imagine, like prior to this, I was reading up just on like um, the diversity in dental programs. And, you know, we're in STEM fields and engineering and computer science, and we have a problem with lack of representation. And I see that that's the same. Um, you all have a similar problem in dentistry. So how do you see this program helping to contribute to the overall diversity of the dental program at UF? Yeah, so the um, University of Florida really committed with diversity. That's one of the great things about our college, and it is already one of the most diverse in the nation. So I think we are doing a good job about that, but there's more to be done. And a program like ours um, comes to fulfill that that portion. And if you look at the distribution of dentists in, uh, in the state of Florida, uh, they still underrepresentation for African Americans, for Latino dentists, for Asian dentists. If you look at the same chart, the same distribution uh, across dental students across the nation, there is also an underrepresentation. So I think there is there is a need there. We come to fill that void because all of our residents they come from this diverse background. All of our residents they they come from different parts of the globe. So we just went through our selection process last month and we had over 25 different countries represented we end up with eight different with people from eight different countries uh, but there's people from all over the globe that comes here everybody has the same aspirations everybody wants to do better in life everybody wants to do uh, 
better for the kids. So what we see is in our program that people come from those places. So historically, we can see a lot of people that come from Cuba because of the political problems that we have with Cuba. On the last few years, we see a lot of people applying that come from Venezuela because of the economical problems and political problems of Venezuela. Uh, we see recently lots of people applying from Syria, from Iraq, and some other Middle Eastern uh, countries because of the problems in those countries as well. So that's kind of what we see applying and coming in here. So I'm thinking about this program, you know, it being really accelerated in comparison to um, the traditional dental degree. And one of the things that kind of stands out is your proximity to the community and your ability to kind of engage with patients um, from a much broader background because of where you're located. Um, Do you do anything special with the community? Do you work with them for boards or anything like that to to bring them in to help train the students or the, the dentists in this case? Absolutely. Being, being part of the community and being present within the community is really important. We're part of the fabric of the community and we, we've been here for 23 years and we try to spread the word as much as possible and have developing partnerships with different groups of populations that we can help, that also will help our residents to be trained uh, but we still uh, hear that we are sometimes a hidden treasure because the University of Florida is mainly and mostly in Gainesville, even though we have a presence all across the state. So we do partner with some community health centers. We do partner with some uh, foster kids agencies. We do partner with some mental health institutions close by. Uh, we are in, in health fairs and uh, partner with some groups for different initiatives. So we are trying to spread the word as much as possible. With COVID, that has come to a pause a little bit. We are not as much in the community because we can't be. Mm-hmm. But we, we try to be uh, as present as possible. And I think our patient visits kind of reflect that. If you look over time, how many patient visits we have had, it has increased tremendously. Right now, we kind of uh, go from 14,000 to 16,000 patient visits per year. And... A number that we are very proud of is that almost half of that number, seven, 8,000 patient, patient visits, they are for patients that fall under the, below the 200 percentile of the poverty line. So those are the underserved, the neglected, the people that really need some help, and we are here for them. And you'd be, and you'd be surprised, by the way, it's always surprised me, the reputation University of Florida has. Not just I'm a Gator, okay, I get it, but... I went to university, I mean, uh, uh, Miami-Dade College, so I, you know, I didn't just start at UF, but we have a, an excellent reputation. People come from what, different places, a lot of far away, just because they know it's University of Florida, and they feel comfortable, they know we're watching them, and we do take special care of people, and they, that type of respect that we try to give and show to our patients, I think they perceive it. So it, it's, it's kind of a neat feeling when people look up and think, so highly at the University of Florida. It does make you feel good. Definitely. 
Oh, definitely. So Dr. Benjamin, you've been a part of this program forever. <laughs> so yes. when you initially started and then came back to teach, like uh, this is a two-parter, like how did you have the vision that this program would succeed at the levels that it has and that it would be what it currently is now? And then for Dr. Sosa, how do you see it even moving forward, you know, in the next 10 or 20 years? What I like best about this program is the different cultures. It's, it is just, if, if you don't get a tear in your eye when you hear the stories that come through here from all the different dentists, what they went through. I didn't go through too much. I had to go to Shenandoah Elementary School here in Miami. That was kind of tough. Grew up <laughs> on the trail. I mean, I, my stories are like nothing. I, I had a great early childhood. Everything's fine. The stories these people tell you, oh my goodness, the hair raises on your back of your hand. It's, it's, they went through a lot to get here. It's very impressive. And then to watch them come into the clinic and try to get to learn the different cultures here. So yes, they're people from Colombia and Venezuela and Cuba, and okay, I get it, but there's also other cultures. We got uh, residents that come, or dentists come from Haiti or from Egypt or from wherever they come from, but they have to mix with people from different cultures when they're here. And so to watch them get to maneuver around different cultures and the, and the patients get to know these dentists and see different cultures with our uh, dentists, it's exciting and it's thrilling to see this intermix of cultures and that's America. And it, it, you can't beat it. It's just fun to watch it, fun to watch the residents grow. Um, and, and an entrance side level, not that we did this on purpose, but the majority of our dental residents are female. It, yes, exactly. I saw oh. the face there. Exactly. <laughs> and it, it, we, we have classes now. We have 12 in each class we've had. I think this year was 10 and 2. 10 and 2. Wow. 10 and 2. Uh, fun fact, Dr. Benjamin teaches a improv class because he <laughs> believes that dentists need to improve their communication. They don't want, we don't want uh, our patients to come here. You need a root canal and that's it. Sit on the chair. So he really teaches an innovative course here when our residents learn how to not improve the, the English, but improve their communication. My daughter's the improv person, not me. She's the improv person up in Tennessee. She teaches it up there. But we're trying to, to steal Alan Alda's concept. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of Alan Alda, but he teaches an improv course. He used to be an actor, is an actor, not used to be, at, in New York. He did MASH, the TV series. But oh, he yeah. Saw, yes. He saw that he could teach physicians how to communicate better through improv. Because you have to communicate, you have to be in the present, you have to listen to what the other person's saying so you can relate and talk on an improv level. And so you can go to New York, take his courses, they're almost impossible to get into. <laughs> and he teaches, originally he was just teaching physicians. So one of the things we try to stress here is sort of an improv technique so when you go to listen and sit down with your dentist, they're listening to you, they're paying attention to you, they're empathetic. And I think that's so important that you want to feel that you're the most important person sitting in that chair. Because most people go to dentists, let's be honest, they, it's not, they're not looking forward to it. It's not like a spa. So they're a little nervous. So if a dentist can be empathetic, can listen to you, talk to you, uh, that goes a long way. I'm one of those strange people who love going to the dentist. Like, Oh, you're not strange. You're normal. We like you. <laughs> Send her but a card. Now. Whenever I meet people, they're always telling me they don't like it. And it's literally one of my favorite things. And I think it goes back to my childhood and the experiences that I had with my childhood dentist who genuinely cared about me and my teeth. 
but also like my family. And, you know, I can see how what you are instilling in your dentist really matters and how that's going to change communities, not just within the state of Florida, but across the world. I think one common theme that's come out of this podcast and other ones we've done here is communication and the importance of communicating scientific concepts to people on a level that they can understand. And the fact that you all are actually focusing on making sure people understand what's going on, not just, you know, sit in this chair, get this procedure, goodbye, here's, where's your copay? You know, you all are actually caring about them and their understanding. Like, that's extremely commendable. And you have to talk the language people understand. If I say an erythemic area in the left part of my cheek, what's erythemic? It's red. Oh, just say red. <laughs> Don't get, we, we talk a different language. Mm -hmm. Talk a language we all understand. And sometimes we just don't do that. We're talking on a different level. And I think that's important, too, is we need to, like you said, communicate with one another and, uh, and listen. I think one of the things we don't do enough is just sit and listen. People and, tell you stuff. And I think that's where people from a diverse background can really be part of the community and understand the patient better than 100%. anybody else. You know the foods that they're eating. You know the problems that they're having. You know, this, navigating through the same ecosystem. So it helps a whole lot when you can be part of the fabric as a professional and help, help out uh, improving their life to their teeth. Dentistry, what we're trying to do, we're still working at it. We're definitely 100% not there. Is dentistry should look like the community. There should be dentists that look like the community. We talk, that's how you communicate too, that you relate to people because you're part of the community. And uh, that's something we struggle at. It's not easy to do. Uh, but yes, I think that's a, a real positive is that a lot of our residents who, who leave the program look like and talk like and are part of the community. That's, that's important. So I wanted to circle back to something you said earlier. Um, you mentioned that a lot of the people who come through the program have these really compelling stories. Like, can you share an anecdote of, you know, a student that particularly sparked you during your experience and their story? Yeah. Um, there's, there's a few. I can mention one personal story that we had this resident here years ago that her personal story was very compelling because she tried to leave Cuba three times and she was arrested two times. So in the process of trying to, trying to leave by boat, she was unsuccessful, brought back to jail and stayed the last time, for, as far as I remember, she stayed six months in jail just for, for attempting to leave the country. Wow. And on the third time, she was successful. She came here. And then time goes by. She was able to be reunited with her family and able to learn English, get the other documents, and apply to this program. Now she's a practice, practice dentist in our community. So all residents, they are older in life when they come here. Many of them have families. As a requirement to apply, they, gotta, they must have a green card or be a citizen. So it takes them a while to navigate through the immigration system. So, and life goes on. They get married. They have kids. So it's just harder for them. Imagine that you're a mom of two. You have two young kids. And you have to study for your boards. And you have to apply. And then once you start, this is a very demanding program. You have to be here sometimes from 7 to 7. And you're on call. And you have lots of assignments. So it's difficult to navigate for them and having young kids and having life on top of everything else. So it's not like they put everything on pause and they're just studying. So we have to understand that. And with that, what we gain from, from that is a resident that's more mature, a resident that understands the patients, a resident that start trying to push themselves 
and doing everything they can to succeed because that's their golden chance, their golden ticket wow. to, to fulfill the American dream. Um, so from the residents, we have another success story, which is like I, I briefly mentioned, is one of our faculty here, one of our paid faculty. He, like I said, he was a truck driver when he first came. He uh, already had gotten a license in Cuba first, and then he moved to Costa Rica, got a license in Costa Rica, and then eventually moved to the U.S. So for the third time, he's starting again. Wow. And oh that's not goodness. uncommon. We have we have several people with that background. Oh. And then he went to the program. He uh, got uh, became a provider in the community. He wants to, to give back. He wants to be a faculty. He wants to, t- to pass it on the torch and teach others. And, and that's exactly what happened. And now, actually, his daughter is going through the same steps, uh, following her dad's footsteps and trying to become a dentist here in the U.S. That's so that's beautiful. another uh, story, success story of the program. I think one of the reasons, Jeremy, why you had uh, such a positive attitude towards dentistry is the fact that you had a chance to have a dental home being brought up. And that's exactly why we try to teach and educate our community here as well. The importance of having a dentist that you can go to, that you have easy access to, that will really care about you, that will be part of your your community, that will be involved uh, with your family. And that's what we try to teach our residents, to carry that through. Not to uh, have episodic uh, procedures done, but to be a true dental home for all your needs. And most of the providers in the state of Florida, they still are solo practitioners. So most of our community's patients still have that one family dentist. So you got to make sure that we're able to cater to that as well. You know, your Hylia Dental Center was located right inside of a COVID hotspot earlier this year. And your clinic was one of the first groups to employ the UF test, sorry, screen, test and protect program. So did this pose any challenges for the international dentists that are in your program? has posed a challenge to us uh, to understand the disease. And now we know a little bit more. And we know, as a segue to what I just said, uh, we know that we have very little transmission between uh, patients uh, to the providers or providers to patients in dental office. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yes, it's possible to happen, of course. But with all the precautions that we have in place, as long as you have enough supply of the PPE and you have those steps in place, it's fairly safe. So the way that we've been practicing has been uh, protecting both of our patients and our our residents and our staff as well. I always wonder how someone decides dentistry is it for me. That's what I'm going to pursue. For me, uh, I'm the first generation to go to college in my my family. So I always had an inclination for service, uh, for the healthcare. So I was in between. See how good that sounds. Come on. (laughs) See how good that sounds. I want to help people. I want people to be healthy. What did I do? Oh, it sounds like a good so job. I was in between medicine and dentistry, and uh, I had the chance to choose between both, and I, w- I went to dentistry. Um, that's how I became a dentistry. But I didn't envision at the time, when you start your program, that I would become a faculty. So I am as much of a dentist as I am a professor. I think one of the things that Rod brings to this whole process is we are like a family. It's a gator nation. It's a gator family, but it's like a family. And one of the things we strive very hard to do, and I think we've been very successful at it, is even though it's very competitive to get into this program, once you're in the program, we do one of the things that I was taught first day of dental school is to look to your right, look to your left, to the student or resident that's there, that's not your competitor, that's your colleague. If you learn something, you teach them that. They Mm -hmm. learn something, they'll teach you. 
So I think one of the things, I give total credit to Dr. Sosa because he wasn't in that first class with me, but he did it, is to make sure that we are not in competition, that we learn together, we work together, and we help each other out. And I think that's a very positive attitude. One of the things I've heard over the years from this clinic before uh, and now is that uh, we treat each other with respect and dignity and with uh, compassion and that we are like a family. And I think that's that comes across, the patients pick that up and perceive that's happening here. That's, and that's a good thing. And last year we were named the number one clinic with the highest uh, satisfaction uh, ratings from our patients. That's true. And I filled out 95 of those forms myself. <laughs> is that wrong to do? Oh my goodness. <laughs> All I see right now is like, brothers i don't know what how you feel about each other but <laughs> it's coming across that you have this strong connection with each other and it does feel a lot like family and i think it's great to be able to come to work and feel at home and i think that the university of florida does a great job of doing that and it's so great to see it happening not just in gainesville but in other places where the University of Florida is located. So that's that great. I love it. I want to join dental school good. now. Oh, come on. We <laughs> you need, we need more like, dentists. Yeah. It seems so amazing down there. I really like when there's just collegial faculty and you really enjoy what you're doing and it's just so fulfilling to do what you do. I thought you were happy with us. <laughs> there you go. We're here. We're ready to town. Let us know. Come down here. Come down, bring your gate of stuff on, and we're ready to play. We're going to smell oh, yeah. the floss. Oh, yeah, one of the, <laughs> I'll skip that part. That part is not necessary, but all the rest oh, of it, yes. Oh, my goodness. This is Unstoppable Minds, a podcast out of the University of Florida. I'm Dr. Kyla McMullen. And I'm Dr. Jeremy Waysom. Thanks for joining us. Unstoppable Minds is a University of Florida podcast. Season two was produced, developed, and edited by Emily Cardinale and Patricia Vernon, with many thanks to Matthew Abramson and James Sullivan from WUFT. We would also like to thank the UF Office of Strategic Communications and Marketing video team, Brianne Leanne, Wise Clairvoyant, and Brian Sandusky. If you like what you're hearing, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can find out more information about our show and the awesome students, faculty, and staff at the University of Florida by visiting our website at ufl.edu slash unstoppable minds. Until next time, go Gators! Gators!